Is it just me? Welcome back. I'm Marlene Bynum and in for Jeff MacArthur. But a lot of change happening this week. A lot of change. And we've been going into the budget, just talking about uh, the announcement and the final coming to fruition of the online gambling. We've got a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Also, in the last couple of days, there was an announcement to the Temporary Foreign Worker Program, always controversial in this country. Who do you let in? What about Canadians? Can Canadians do the job? And then look, after the pandemic, we have this giant rethink of who wants to do what, where, and how. And part of that is the impetus behind the change in this worker program. Joining us is Corin Pullman, Senior VP of National Affairs and Partnerships at the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Corin, welcome. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. All right. Good news with this announcement? It is good news. Um, It's definitely going to make it just a little bit easier for some businesses to find the people they desperately need right now to get their businesses back up and running after uh, the pandemic and the reopening is happening now. What's going on with businesses, too? I mean, let's just talk about the problem and how this may solve it. After the pandemic, uh, we're blinking because there are people saying, I don't want to do that, and I'm not going to do this, and I'm going to change my job, become this, all these different aspects. Then we have businesses who've just been through a pandemic, so they're bruised and battered, and it's hard to hire people. How bad is it out there? It's uh, it's still pretty challenging, um, of course. I mean, finally, I think a lot of businesses feel that uh, they're going to finally be able to reopen and hopefully stay open now for um, the longer term. As a result, obviously, everybody is looking for people at the same time, which also makes a, a real challenge. At the, at, normally, when you have a normal sort of economy, everybody's looking at different times, but now everybody's looking at the same time, making it that much more difficult to find the people. And as you mentioned, Many people have made decisions to not go back into those industries, especially in like um, uh, restaurants and hospitality, as well as the health sector. Those are sort of the two fields that we see a larger proportion of, of employees have started to decided to move on into to new areas. So making it very difficult to find folks. Temporary foreign workers, where have they been working? Where haven't they been working lately? And how can they help solve this problem? Well, temporary foreign workers um, are certainly a solution for some, um, and it's often to help businesses get through a temporary period where they can't find people. Unfortunately, sometimes they end up feeling permanent positions because they just can't find Canadians to do those jobs. So uh, often they can turn to the temporary foreign worker program. But I will say in terms of our membership, which is small and medium-sized companies, only about 15 to 20 percent have ever actually used the temporary foreign worker program because it's not a simple program to use. There's quite a bit of paperwork and cost associated with hiring a temporary foreign worker. And I know that most of our members would certainly prefer to hire a Canadian, but if you can't, it's, a, it's certainly a backstop that can help them potentially keep their business running, help keep jobs for other Canadians that are in that business because maybe a key position can't be filled. So it's an important tool for, for many of them, and especially in, in some of the accommodation and food services type sectors. Okay, but as you mentioned, the announcement that just happened doesn't address the cost and the red tape. So is this still going to be a boundary here? (laughs) It could be. I mean, uh, the cost is still definitely there, and the uh, paperwork to get one is definitely going to still be there. 
But some of the other barriers and limitations that kept uh, a lot of smaller companies uh, to access the temporary foreign workers have been removed. For example, um, a business that was in sort of the food service and accommodation sector that were in a region that had an unemployment rate over 6% could not access. They were automatically refused um, access to a temporary foreign worker. The problem with that has been that sometimes you're in a small community that's part of a larger economic area. And in your community, the unemployment rate's more like 3%, but because you're in this larger area where it's maybe 6.2%, you aren't getting access. So it eliminated that sort of barrier that was keeping a lot of businesses. There were also certain positions that were also not um, eligible within those particular uh, food service and accommodations, which had also now been uh, eliminated, which has been good because you still have to show you have a need, right? You can't just hire a temporary foreign worker. You have to go through a process of showing that you've tried to get Canadians to fill the job. You've had it advertised um, that you're committed to certain wages and to certain costs. Um, and then you can get somebody into those positions. So that's the good news is that it's going to be a broader type of positioning and broader opportunities for businesses to use the temporary foreign worker program. All right. Where are they going to come from? What and what aspect of the business community is most likely to hire these people? Well, I mean, they can come from anywhere, a temporary foreign worker. Um, there are different types. There are also those that are called seasonal agricultural workers. And those one, those it's a different type of program. That's not what was announced or any changes were made to. So at the temporary foreign worker program, though, they can come from anywhere. Um, and so it's really up to the employer to identify them and, and try to find those folks and, and, and offer to bring them in and offer them a job and go through the process. They still have to get a work permit as well. So there are some rules around immigration that happens. Uh, so it really is from anywhere. And the positions, as I said, it, it really can be anything from um, low wage to high wage positions. And that can be filled. It's just a matter of, again, going through something called a labor market impact assessment, which is what the employer has to do to sort of indicate what they need, um, what they've done to find a Canadian to do that job, and of course, pay a fee, <laughs> as well as uh, promise to provide certain um, uh, transportation costs and so forth to that particular uh, temporary foreign worker. Corin, let me ask you, just pulling this out uh, in a little bit of a broader way, we know that this tourist season and the summer season is going to make or break a lot of people. They've been through hell. <laughs> and, yeah. and then now things are opening up, but we are seeing cases go up. We know that nobody wants another lockdown. We have um, more tools, arrows in our quiver, as I always like to say. Is there yeah. a, a nervousness out there as they watch these numbers? Because even, even though we're not going to lock down, if people are sick and you're already struggling to get people to work for you, that can't be a great feeling. No, no. And it is definitely a factor affecting a lot of small businesses who are trying to be accommodating, of course, and you don't want um, to expose your other employees or customers if you're a customer facing business to anybody who is sick. So you certainly have to encourage people to stay home if that's the case. So definitely there's some nervousness about that. But um, as you said, and it's become a bit of a cliche, we do have the tools necessary now to make sure that folks can be as safe as possible. But it does have an impact, certainly, on any business owner on any given day to understand, well, who can come in today and who can take the shift? And if you're already short-staffed and now you're losing folks because, um, you know, they're not feeling well or they don't um, and they shouldn't be coming in, that just adds another layer of <laughs> complexity and frustration and stress to that employer. However, and what are they going to do though? There's, there is no solution to that. 
No, not really. Uh, other than as I've seen already, some businesses mm-hmm. have to, you know, shut earlier or maybe take a shift away or do something. I have right. seen that uh, in certain circumstances, right? So I think for a lot of business owners, they're just happy to be open and trying to bring people back and they're doing the best they can to make sure right. that they're offering the services their customers need. Well said. I think we're all thinking that. Corin Pullman, Senior VP, National Affairs and Partnerships, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Corin, thank you. Great afternoon to you. You too. Thanks. All right. A break. Oh, I'm Arlene Bynan in for Jeff MacArthur. Don't go away. We'll return in a moment. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.